You're listening to the Bellator Christie Podcast, brought to you by bellatorchristie.com. Now, let's enter into the arena of ideas. Taking up the sword of Christian theology and the shield of classic apologetics, this is the Bellator Christie Podcast, and this is your host, as we do take Christian truth into the arena of ideas, yours truly, Brian Chilton. We thank you for joining us today on our podcast, and hope that you'll go to um, the host site for this podcast at bellatorchristie.com. Uh, There, you can subscribe to this podcast by means of iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, TuneIn Radio app should be on the way, uh, waiting to hear back from them. But uh, uh, anyhow, you can go to the website and subscribe to the podcast there uh, in the upper part of your screen. And we do encourage you to go and sign up and subscribe uh, to the Bellator Christie pod, uh, com. Uh, there you can go and subscribe uh, by uh, simply installing uh, your email address. And uh, you'll, you'll probably have to confirm, I may, we may be switching that up where you don't have to confirm on your email, but uh, nonetheless, uh, go enter in your website, uh, your email address, and uh, from there, uh, you'll be taken, uh, you'll, be, you'll be entered into the Bellator Christie uh, subscription database, and you'll receive all the articles and podcasts in your inbox. And so uh, you, you can't get any easier than that. And the best thing of all is that it's absolutely free. So this is a free uh, subscription that's available to you, uh, brought to you by BellatorChristie.com. If you want to contact me for more information pertaining to the website, uh, you can email me at Brian Chilton, C-H-I-L-T-O-N, Brian Chilton, one word, at uh, bellatorchristie.com and uh, let me know if you have any questions pertaining to this show or any questions pertaining to the ministry uh, or anything of that sort. So we do want to welcome you to the podcast today and uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, if you are, um, if you have subscribed to the website, I do need to tell you this. Uh, individuals who have uh, subscribed to the website uh, over at pastorbrianchilton.wordpress.com. Now, you know uh, that website went by bellatorchristie.com for a while. Uh, the transfer took place where we moved to, move, well, I moved the website to Bluehost. And um, so we're on Bluehost right now. And so uh, really enjoying it too. It's, it has a ton of features on there that I'm, I'm really excited about. But... Um, Anyhow, for some reason, the subscriber list from the previous website did not transfer over to the current website. Uh, So if you previously had subscribed uh, to the website, then you want to make sure that you go back to the website and resubscribe, and then um, hopefully you should receive the emails and, uh, and 
all the podcasts and information like that. But again, if you have any questions pertaining to this, uh, be sure to contact me at brianchilton at bellatorchristie.com and I'll be happy to help you with any uh, issues that you may be having. Also, another note, uh, if you have been... um, accessing my sources on thepoachedegg.net. This is a website. uh, Greg West hosts this website. It's a wonderful apologetic website. Uh, But I have noticed that some of the links, for some reason, uh, when you click on the links, uh, it shows that there's some type of security problem or something like that. what, what I have actually contacted uh, the Poached Egg to let them know about the new website, the new links to the website as well. And so um, hopefully, hopefully they'll get that uh, going for us uh, here pretty soon. But um, one thing I've noticed, if you go to the Poached Egg, if you take out the HTTPS colon uh, slash slash, if you take that out and leave just bellatorchristie.com, and the remainder, uh, remainder of the link, then the link will go through. Uh, but for some reason, there's a little bit of a conflict when we transferred uh, the website over to Bluehost that uh, it doesn't like some of those links. Uh, so um, just to, just to be, just be aware of that. Also, if you com- make a comment, uh, I've seen some folks making comments at the old website. Obviously, the articles are there for you to use at the old website. You're more than free to use those. Uh, but I do want to encourage individuals, if you want to make a comment, if you want to post a comment, you need to go to the new site at bellatorchristie.com. That's where I will um, answer any um objections uh, any questions anything like that i'm not i'm going to check the old site less and less so if you post something there chances are likely it won't be be um uh it won't be published okay so if you want your comment to be seen then you need to find the article on the bellatorchristie.com website that is simply bellatorchristie.com go there search for the the article uh that you're wanting to make a comment uh, and and then find the article then make a comment there that way your comment will be seen that way your comment will be published as long as it's within the guidelines of uh of the website and um, and so so just make just be aware of that, okay? So I, uh, the old website at pastorbrianchilton.wordpress.com. I'm going to leave that site up in case anybody uh, needs to access those resources. Um, and you know, but but bellatorchristie.com is an identical replica. All of the articles that's found on uh, pastorbrianchilton.wordpress.com are found on bellatorchristie.com. Uh, all the previous articles have been moved there. They are at bellatorchristie.com. Uh, and not only that, the new articles, new publications, new posts, new podcasts, uh, all of that, that will be published to the new site, not the old. In fact, uh, like I said, if you make a if you make a comment to the old site, chances are likely it won't be published. So just make a note of that. Go to the new site at bellatorchristie.com. Uh, I want to talk to you. I don't know how long this show will be. Maybe thirty minutes, maybe a little longer. But I want to talk to you about a couple of things. The major topic today is uh, on a an article that I uh, hope to get out tomorrow. Uh, chances are likely it won't be published today. In fact, uh, there's going to be a, a little bit of a change in how I um, even post these things now that, uh, that the podcasts and the articles are going to be available at one site. I don't want to bombard you with too much at one time. So what, what I'm planning on doing is I'm going to have the podcast remain, uh, the podcast will continue to be published on Mondays. Okay, we, we've, I've, got, I've got into kind of a groove, old habits die hard, you know. Uh, so I want to have the podcast on Monday, and, um, and then I'm going to post the articles uh, that perhaps coincide with the podcast on Tuesday. Now, later down the road, we may make a change 
and we might have the uh, the articles available first, and then the podcast. But this uh, these these past uh, past couple of weeks, in fact, 2017, I was hoping will be a good year, and I think it still will be a good year. But it's been very busy at the outset. Uh, only 16 days in 2017, and it's been it's been tremendously busy. So, um, but I'm hoping to do that, and so. Uh, uh, I'm, my goal is to post two articles original to me, and um, and obviously uh, we'll continue to post things on the website, uh, information uh, from from other websites, from other other uh, other uh, bloggers uh, of notoriety uh, on there as well. So that's kind of where we're going. But anyhow, the main topic today that I'm going to look at is a revision. Uh, of the major worldviews. Now, I posted earlier on PastorBrianChilton.wordpress.com six major worldviews. I've actually been reading through a book by Douglas uh, Gruthius on uh, Christian apologetics, and he makes an argument for some additional worldviews and I want to take a look at those and, and uh, explain those a little bit and obviously they'll be explained in even more detail in the upcoming article uh, to be published tomorrow but uh, we'll take a look at that in a few moments but first I want to uh, say say a bit about um, talk a bit about some news that I heard today that uh, greatly just um, it greatly saddened me and that is that uh, that Barnum and Bailey Circus, uh, Barnum and Bailey Circus, Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus, will close its doors this year after about I think it's 154 years if I'm not mistaken, and it may be a little more than that, but about 154 years give or take uh, that they've been in operation, and this year they'll close their doors this May. Um, you know, I went several times to see the circus uh, when I was a child, a young young boy, and I really enjoyed the circus there. And <clears throat> uh, usually at Greensboro Coliseum in Greensboro, North Carolina, is where they would hold it in our area. And um, you know, I remember seeing the clowns. I remember seeing the animals. I remember seeing all these different things, all these tricks that the people put on and put forth and um, all that's coming to an end um, if I'm blessed one day to have grandchildren they will not be able to see the circus in fact um, uh, you know I was going to tell my wife we need to take my son so he can see it but even even if he sees it this year it's not going to be the same as it was in years past I remember one year they had this guy who went into a tank and, and wrestled with a, a, a shark. I remember seeing the tigers and lions and looking at amazement as these, these live wild animals, exotic animals in person in this coliseum. And of course the elephants and the tricks that they did were always fantastic. I never saw... At, any point in time. Now, I know a lot of things can happen behind closed doors, and I and I'm, I realize that. And I, I'm not privy to that information about what took place behind closed doors. But they always seemed like they treated the animals with great respect. Yet, it's because of liberal organizations like PETA P-E-T-A, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals. And let me say, I am for the ethical treatment of animals. I am all in favor. You know, it's very disturbing to me if people mistreat animals. So let me preface this by saying that I am, you know, I'm an animal lover. I love animals. I love, I know I'm more of a cat person than I am a dog person. Um... Because I just love the beauty and majesty of, of, of the feline animal, the feline species. You know, I'm just amazed at, uh, at cats. I always have been. 
nothing against dogs, but I've just always, and I'm more of a reserved person, so I, I'm not into the uh, <laughs> the wild antics of dogs as they as they normally uh, are pretty wild. Uh, but but the people for the ethical treatment of animals, they're, they're behind. Truthfully, they're behind the closure of this great enterprise, this great business that has lasted 154 years or so. And it just, appear, it just seems to me that we're losing Americana. That our nation is not what it used to be. And, and in some ways, I understand as I'm talking, I'm, I'm giving this today on Martin Luther King Jr., uh, on, on MLK Day, I understand that in some ways we're better than we were. Uh, I'm not so sure that our racial divisions have, have improved as greatly as we think that they have. While I do think they have, they have gotten a lot better, I don't think they have... They are where they need to be, where it needs to be. In fact, I think if we're going to if we're going to do away with racism, we have to stop categorizing ourselves in these different categories. We have to start categorizing ourselves and and making a race warfare, which I think there's a socialist agenda behind it all. Class warfare is a is a, one of the one of the key elements of socialism. But liberalism, as it were, and I'm not talking about, when I talk about liberalism, I'm not talking about standing for the rights of individuals. I'm not talking about that. I am talking about pushing things to the extreme. Now, somebody will say, well, if you're not, you know, if you're not against uh, the, the rights of every person, why would you be against the work of PETA? Well, I'm just saying that I think PETA, as as most hyper-liberals do, take things to the extreme. It's an all-or-nothing ordeal. And I think we have greatly lost the understanding of humanity. Of course, I think that's what the naturalist mindset does. Uh, it talks about speciesism. That, that to say that human beings are better than an animal is to, to, uh, to have a form of racism known as speciesism. You see, this is, what, this, is what, this is where liberalism takes us. Liberalism has destroyed a great deal of our nation. Our nation is not what it once was or could be because of the extreme all-or-nothing push of liberal agencies like this. Liberalism has now destroyed a piece of Americana. Liberalism has destroyed many of the rights that we enjoy as individuals. The freedom of expression. Because of all the political correctness that we see in our nation, we don't have freedom of speech. If you stand, if you if you flow upstream, upstream in a downstream river, as it were, then you're going to be seen as a bigot or something of that sort, because you don't go along with what everybody else states or claims. You're seen to be an oddball or or a non-intellectual individual, even if you have reasons, good reasons. To believe to the contrary. Liberalism has destroyed many of the rights we enjoy. Liberalism has also sought to destroy Christian theology as well as Christian thinking. You take a look at the, the push between, behind SB 11, I think it's 1146 in California, that we're wanting to extremely limit the rights of Christian universities. Not that they were treating anyone wrong. They're not treating anyone wrong. But it's because they don't agree with what this socialist mindset is pushing and promoting. Then, then it's an all or nothing type of thing. And that is what destroyed Barnum and Bailey Circus.
I really believe. And I may be wrong on this, and if I'm wrong, I'll come back on this podcast and say to you that I'm wrong. But I don't think I am. I don't think I'm wrong on this. We also see this, and and I'm not going to get into politics, but I think we also see this all-or-nothing mentality in, in certain groups in our day and time as well. It seems to be that those who promote tolerance are the most intolerant people of all. And, you know, again, I just, I'm really heartbroken to hear about uh, the closing of this circus. And so um, my prayers, thoughts and prayers go out to those individuals who worked with the company, who worked with the organization. And, um, you know, who knows, maybe they can reboot the circus here before long. But I don't know of many, I don't know, quite frankly, of any local circuses um, outside of Barnum and Bailey Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus. I, I don't know of any. I mean, Cirque du Soleil, but I don't think that's really a, what you would claim a classic circus. But, you know, uh, unfortunately, I, I think this may be a part of uh, American history that uh, it appears that... Um, is facing extinction. Well, enough about that. I, I want to talk to you today also about um, um, some some additional uh, an update to the major worldviews. Now, in a previous um, in a previous podcast, actually, I had deleted this podcast, so. So uh, you may have heard this in an earlier podcast on what was uh, formerly known as Redeeming Truth Radio. You may have heard something like this. But I want to go back through this. Uh, um, There are some new um, worldviews that we can discuss as we talk about the major worldviews that exist in the world today. And and a worldview is a generalized uh, scope of how a person sees the world. Now, Douglas Gruthius does a good job in his book describing the fact that many people have a mishmash of different worldviews, uh, a collaboration of different worldviews, and, and that's true. But I do think that we could usually pinpoint where a worldview stands, uh, and, it should, and it's normally within uh, the scope of just a handful of worldviews. Uh, some people have even um, categorized these as three, uh, as uh, the a naturalist worldviews, naturalist atheist worldviews, uh, Eastern worldviews, or e- like Eastern religions, and then, you, you know, obviously going to categorize many uh, belief systems there, and monotheistic worldviews. Uh, those are the three major categories that you could have, and that's that's true. I think that's I think that's an accurate thing to say, and I think that's a good way of uh, describing these. Uh, if you're going to have three major categories, I think that's a good way of doing just that. But um, previously, I mentioned six worldviews, and um, and I think we need to revisit this because there are a couple of others that he mentions that I think uh, distinguish themselves just enough uh, where it would where it would validate itself as being a major worldview. So let's take a look at these. Uh, in fact, we're going to look at the eight, and I'm going to have a little bit more detail pertaining to these eight worldviews uh, in an upcoming, forthcoming blog or article coming out, uh, being published perhaps tomorrow, uh, maybe late today, uh, early tomorrow, so that it should be out by that time. But let's take a look at these eight major worldviews. The first major worldview is known as atheism slash naturalism. Atheism slash naturalism. Uh, the word atheist comes from two Greek words. The word theos, the word theos that means God, and the, the word ah, 
uh, which means no. So atheos or atheist uh, means one who does not believe in the existence of God. Uh, this is normally tied in with uh, the view that's known as naturalism, okay? And you and you see this uh, in popular society today. The the this is the view that uh, the world is can be only be understood by natural process. The world can only be understood by by nature and that nature is all that there is, the physical world is all there is, and there's nothing else. This can also be called as physicalism, the belief that there's nothing uh, that exists beyond the scope of the natural physical world. Okay. Now, obviously, individuals like Richard Dawkins would be considered an, an atheist uh, of, of those sorts. Um, so... <clears throat> um, so in that sense, they only believe in the natural world. They don't believe in anything outside of the natural scope. So anything like angels or spirits or, or anything you know uh, immaterial, they would not hold to that. But now the problem uh, with that uh, mentality, uh, you know, the problem with that mentality is. There are many things that are beyond the scope of the material world. For instance, minds. Uh, minds are beyond the scope of the of the physical world. Uh, you, you can't. <clears throat> you can look at someone's brain through uh, certain devices. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, in fact, I had to have a sleep study done one time, and they put these little electrodes on my head, and and they could uh, they could see the brain activity that was going on while I was sleeping. But what they could not do is peer inside my brain and see the thoughts, the thoughts that I had, um, love, uh, emotions, and and things of this nature. Energy itself, I would even dare say, is an immaterial thing. While it may be involved with, with material processes, uh, it is still uh, an immaterial thing. You know, magnetism, they may have physical elements uh, to it, and uh, uh, the, 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 some of the forces you see in nature may have some physical elements to it, but, but there's an immaterial force that's behind that. So, minds even, uh, I would say, and even... Um, concepts and abstract ideas like mathematics like saying two plus two that's not a physical thing it's a concept it's an ideology it's an immaterial thing science itself in fact uh william lane craig has even uh, he even said uh one time before and uh he said that science itself um is is an illustration of the fact that uh, science cannot prove everything because science in and of itself is uh, uh, beyond the scope of science to prove. In fact, I have the clip where Dr. William Lane Craig is debating atheist uh, Dr. P Peter Atkins about the scope of science. And... Um, and, and let's, let's take a look at this because there is a very funny ending to this clip that you want to hear. Let's, let's listen to the clip right now. The fact that I can understand why people like you desperately want to believe in God. That is an argument against the existence of God. Two fallacious arguments put together don't, don't make a sound not, argument, right? But do you deny that science cannot account for everything? Yes, I do deny that science... So what can't it account for? Well... I had you brought that up in the debate, I had a number of examples that I was going to give. Uh, I think there are a good number of things that cannot be scientifically proven, but that we're all rational to accept. Let me, list, let me list five. Logical and mathematical truths cannot be proven by science. Science presupposes logic and math, so that to try to prove them by science would be arguing in a circle. 
uh, metaphysical truths like there are other minds other than my own or that the external world is real or that the past was not created five minutes ago with an appearance of age are rational beliefs that cannot be scientifically proven. Ethical beliefs about statements of value uh, are not accessible by the scientific method. You can't show by science whether the Nazi scientists in the camps did anything evil as opposed to the scientists in Western democracies. Aesthetic judgments, number four, cannot be accessed by the scientific method because the beautiful, like the good, cannot be scientifically proven. And finally, most remarkably, would be science itself. Science cannot be justified by the scientific method. Science is permeated with um, unprovable assumptions. For example, in the special theory of relativity, the whole theory hinges on the assumption that the speed of light is constant in a one-way direction between any two points A and B. But that strictly cannot be proven. We simply have to assume that in order to hold to the theory. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Yeah, okay. So, none of these beliefs can be scientifically proven, and yet they are accepted by all of us, and we're right. So, I think you could also make a case of saying that the human consciousness is another reason uh, why naturalism is not true. Uh, Near-death experiences. Uh, th there are a multiplicity of cases, uh, good solid cases, where uh, people have had near-death experiences that have been verified uh, scientifically, where, where um, so someone, we're not talking about the heavenly or hellish experience they have on the other side. We're talking about the fact that they, of people seeing things beyond the scope of their body. So uh, there are good reasons for holding that naturalism, atheism, is wrong. Also, the second uh, category of worldview is that of agnosticism, and you can divide this into two segments. There is the atheist agnostic and the theist agnostic. Now, agnostic comes from again from two Greek words, uh, gnosis and ah. Uh, the word gnosis, G-N-O-S-I-S, uh, simply means knowledge. So again, the word ah, the neg neg negation uh, of the word ah, gnosis, agnostic, <clears throat> is one who claims no knowledge. It's not that they disbelieve in God necessarily, it's just that they don't know, they claim no knowledge. Uh, Bart Ehrman uh, is one who is a, um, uh, he claims to be an atheistic leaning <clears throat> Agnostic, and I think you can uh, break the uh, the the category of agnosticism down into two. There is the atheistic agnostic, which is one who claims um, no knowledge about whether God exists, and I think there's the theistic version of agnosticism, one who may hold that God exists, but doesn't hold that there's any way that we can know which religion has it right. And that seems to be the more popular version of agnosticism. Uh, not that they necessarily disbelieve in God, but that they don't know that we can know God personally or that we can know uh, a, enough about God, a lot about God, so that we can make verifiable claims about God. Uh, religious speaking. Uh, and this is a lot of times when you hear people say that they are spiritual but not religious. I, I'm kind of tempted to believe that they may actually fit in that category. They, they're saying, you know, I believe in God, but I don't know that there's any way that we could say this religion's right or that religion's right. And I believe that's uh, what happens. The word, uh, there, there's also another one, pantheism. Pantheism. Uh, this is a bizarre view. Uh, this is one we find in Buddhist um, or in Buddhism and Buddhist ideologies. Um, this is to say that uh, in Buddhism is very comparable to agnosticism. They don't deny the existence of God, but they don't proclaim the existence of God either. Their view is that the that. Uh, that the world is an impersonal force. In fact, the key to enlightenment in Buddhist philosophy is uh, 
that one be becomes one with the universe. Okay, uh, they they seek for something called nirvana. Of course, they believe in reincarnation, and so they believe in a thing called nirvana. That uh, if you escape escape the wheel of reincarnation, uh, you will enter into nirvana, which essentially means that you become nothing. So the goal of Buddhism is to become nothing, uh, literally, is is to become non-involved with life to become completely separated with life. And I was surprised to find that uh, in, in a recent reading that Stoicism in uh, ancient Greek ideology, uh, Stoicism has a lot uh, in common with, uh, with Buddhism in this regard. Uh, it, not to say that it is Buddhist, but because uh, I don't think it is. And they may be more inclined to believe in a god um, you know, in God Himself, but uh, they believe in being more balanced in one's mindset. And uh, obviously, there are some distinctions. I think there are certain aspects of Christianity that are comparable to Stoicism, but there are some definite key differences between Christianity and Stoicism as well. Uh, panentheism. Panentheism uh, holds to the belief in God, and Stoicism may be more like panentheism than pantheism, and that may be, uh, I need, may need to correct myself there. Stoicism may be more like of a panentheistic type of ideology rather than pantheist. Panentheism theism, uh, is the view held by most uh, Hindus. Uh, in Hindu ideology, uh, they believe in God, but God is um, entwined with the universe. Uh, the, the universe, in essence, is the body of God, you might say. Uh, the Hindu would have no problem saying that Jesus is the Son of God or that Jesus is God. But they would also say that not only is Jesus God, but they would say that you're God, I'm God, everybody's God, everything's God, because God penetrates through everything, so everyone has a divine being or uh, a God in them type of thing. And this is, you see a lot of this in the New Age ideologies found on the Oprah Winfrey show, um, in popular television and in Hollywood, you see a lot of this. Uh, and, and I think even in the Baha'i religion, you may find this, where they try to incorporate all religions into one, um, this, this type of panentheism. Now, it's important to understand that in, in, panthe or in panentheism, that, that God is the creation as well as the Creator. Okay, so God is uh, in the creation itself. Polytheism is one that uh, was not added earlier, but I think there are some uh, enough distinctions that we need to uh, make make uh, a note of this. Polytheism, uh, poly meaning meaning uh, many, and uh, theos meaning God. Uh, the term meaning many gods. Um, Hinduism would probably fit in this, but Hinduism is a little different in the fact that they believe in, in uh, one God who takes multiple manifestations. Uh, but there are also uh, many gr uh, polytheists that you find, and you see this especially in ancient Greek uh, and uh, Roman mythology. Okay, that there was uh, an acceptance of a multiplicity of gods and goddesses um, throughout the world. Mormonism is uh, a polytheistic religion. They hold to many gods. I mean, one of the core tenets of Mormonism is, that, uh, is the belief that if you are a Mormon man and you marry a Mormon woman and a Mormon temple, then you will populate your own planet in eternity. No, I'm not joking. <laughs> that, that is the belief uh, of, of Mormons. It's a, it's a key belief as well. Um, they believe, uh, one, one little known fact about Mormonism is that they believe that, uh, um, that God is a man and that there is a goddess, okay, that, that, that the reason we're here is that, is that, uh, 
that God was a man and was a Mormon man and that he married a Mormon woman and that we're all here, he is in her spirit children. Um, It's not a popularized viewpoint in the LDS uh, church, but it 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 is what they believe. It's polytheistic. Uh, the belief in many gods. Um, Douglas Gruthius also adds another worldview that's uh, called dualism. Now, Christians are from the earliest times, and, and I'm going to have another episode on this because this is something that bothers me greatly. There are many people out there who are saying that uh, that we should take a materialistic view on the on the humanity, and, and I don't agree with that at all. Uh, in fact, I want to get uh, Jason Klein on this uh, on that episode f- to discuss uh, this with us as well. But uh, we're uh, th- there is a sense of dualism in in the the Christian mindset that we are both soul and body, but we comprise one person. Okay. But the dualism that he's describing is the belief found in Gnosticism. And we see this quite a bit in our day and time as well. Uh, and that is that, that all physical things are evil, all spiritual things are good, and that if it's the spirit, it's good. If it's the flesh, it's bad. So the, the goal is to become uh, a the spirit person to release your spirit from the body of death. And they also believe in two gods, uh, Gnostics do, uh, the God of this world and the God of heaven. And we want to be with the God of heaven, not the God of this world. So that's uh, a key tenet of what's known as Gnosticism. Okay, Obviously, there are great problems with that because uh, the Bible indicates that, uh, that the flesh is not... Uh, that the physical world will be renovated and rejuvenated and, and brought back uh, to where it needs to be back back in the days of the Garden of Eden. Our flesh, our bodies will be resurrected with as Christ was resurrected, so we will be resurrected. And in a, in, in a time, point in time in the future, we see that the creation itself will be recreated and remade, a new heaven and a new earth, and all things made new okay so uh this dualism is a type of gnostic ideology um kind sort of ingrained with the polytheistic mindset and so you see we're we're moving from one side to the other and we come to the seventh worldview which is known as deism and uh you'll find this ideology with guys like thomas Jefferson and uh, uh, Benjamin Franklin um, and and many others and to some degree some may even argue that um, that's that some Muslim sects uh, s e c t s sections of sectors of Muslim Islam uh, may be inclined to to accept this as well. What deism believes is that deism, deists believe in one God, but they believe they believe that God is transcendent, that God is separate from the universe. But they also believe that God is separate in His personal nature. In other words, that He has no involvement in the physical world, as it were. So, uh, so they don't believe in miracles. They don't believe in the interaction of God whatsoever. And so, obviously. From the Christian perspective, we know that that's false because God does interact in the world. All it takes is one miracle, God performing one miracle to disprove deism. And if Jesus really rose from the dead, then there's your miracle. I mean, if God has ever done a healing or ever done anything like that, there's the disproof or there's the proof that disproves deism. Okay, so uh, there is that deist ideology. In other words, they hold that God is like an absentee father uh, who who created everything, but he's basically hands-off and has no involvement in the world uh, whatsoever. The last and final 
of the eight worldviews, major worldviews, is that known as uh, theism or monotheism. And when we talk about theism, we're talking about the belief in one God from the term theos, uh, which means God. We, we hold that uh, there is one God. But we also hold that God is transcendent, separate from creation, which would, ca- which would cause a difference between Christianity and Hinduism and pantheism and panentheism whereas pantheists and panentheists believe that God is part of the creation, that he is intertwined in the creation, that he's completely imminent. Uh, theists would hold that God is transcendent, like the deist, God is transcendent apart from creation. He's not confined by creation, but he's separate from creation. But he is also imminent. And when we talk, say imminent, we're talking about the fact that God is, um, that he works in creation. He's very personal. And the incarnation of Christ proves that. If, if Jesus Christ is the Son of God, then God has come into the world in a very personal way, by very personal means. If the Holy Spirit, the triune uh, God, if God the Holy Spirit has comes to us and enjoins himself to our hearts at salvation, then we know that God is personal. Okay, And as I mentioned before, if God does the miraculous, we know that God is personal, that he interacts with the world. So of all of these, we have to understand that not all of these worldviews can be correct. All of them could be wrong. Well, I don't know that you could say all of them could be wrong because it seems to me that, that, that it's, one of them has to be right because you're looking at uh, the extremes from one side to the other. All of them have to be right. Oh, not, see, I'm sorry, not all of them have to be right. One of them you would think has to be right. Now, some may make an argument that they all could be wrong, and maybe that's the case, but I think that at least one of these must be right. If God exists, then obviously atheism cannot be right. If God has revealed himself to humanity, then agnosticism can't be right. If God is separate from creation, then pantheism and panentheism can't be right. And hold on with me just a second. (laughs) Yeah, sorry for the interruption. Um, um, but all of them can't be right. That's that's the thing we need to remember. Um, again, if 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 Christianity, if if Jesus is a son of God, if if he is if he has been incarnated, he is the son of God. Then God has come in the flesh. That God has become part of the creation. That the Holy Spirit is involved with creation, and uh, that. That disproves deism. Okay, if God is transcendent, that disproves um, pantheism and panentheism. If God is imminent, that disproves deism. Well, what about polytheism and dualism? Now, this this makes an interesting uh, uh, it, this this makes an interesting case and furthers the idea. How do we respond to dualism and uh, polytheism? Well, one. I think uh, you can argue against polytheism due to the fact of the um, the necessity of being. If if God is a necessary being, uh, well, obviously you, you push things back. If you have these gods and goddesses, you would have to force the issue, where do they come from? And you can push it all the way back to you have an eternal, something eternal. Something has to be eternal. Even we either we have an eternal universe, uh, and I don't even think that can be the case. I, you know, I've said this before. Either there can be an eternal universe or an eternal God, but I don't even think that with an eternal universe that that's even a possibility anymore because um, it's been proven that all material universes have to have a cause. 
okay? But even still, you push it back and you, ha- you come to the uh, understanding that you have to have an idea, that you have to have a point in time where there is a transcendent, uh, omniscient, omnipotent God, omnibenevolent God. So you, you have to have by necessity one supreme God. And if that's the case, then, then really polytheism doesn't do anything for us. Dualism. Well, what, what do we do here with dualism? Well, if, if we believe, if the uh, revelation of God can be confirmed as we have it in the Old and New Testaments, then we can understand the fact that God is recreating uh, the creation. If the resurrection of Christ is true, then the resurrection of Christ speaks against uh, the Gnostic dualism, as Jesus had come in the flesh, as he literally rose from the dead in a literal body, then that as, as God recreated and, and glorified his body, and if there is going to be a resurrection of the dead uh, for the saints of God, then this speaks against dualism. So I think it's important, and much more could be said about this, but I think it's important that we understand these major categories, classifications of worldviews. And so this will help us to know better how to respond to uh, individuals who uh, may seek to try to understand our faith or who may make claims against the Christian faith, it helps us to first understand from where they're coming. If what, what are they talking about? What are their beliefs? From where are they coming? That is, you know, what is their worldview? And if you can understand that, that's a first step in making a good apologetic, a good case for the Christian worldview. You've been listening to the Bellator Christie Podcast. This is Pastor Brian saying God bless. Remember the truth will set you free and we'll see you back next time. The views expressed on this podcast are those of its authors and may not represent those of the Bellator Christie Ministries or its affiliates. This podcast is a production of BellatorChristi.com and is protected under Creative Commons licensure, all rights reserved. The theme music is the song Epic, produced royalty-free by Bensound Studios and can be found at Bensound.com. If you like this episode, be sure to share it and tell others about the podcast. Also, follow the link and subscribe to the Bellator Christi podcast through iTunes or Stitcher. Be sure to visit BellatorChristi.com for podcasts, articles, and updates concerning the ministry. Subscribe to the website and you will receive all the podcasts and articles from Bellator Christi in your inbox. And be sure to follow us on social media. The best part is, is that all of this is absolutely free. Continue to pray for the ministry of Bellator Christi. We'll see you back next time as we step into the arena of ideas.